What's up, Story Geeks? It's Daryl. Today we are asking who played it best. We know that studios love to reboot, reuse, and uh, <laughs> that's right. You know, reimagine more and more characters yeah. all the time. So you end up with a lot of actors playing the same character. And so today we're going to look at some of those characters and decide who did it best. That's right, and we'd love for you to join our conversation. I'm Jay, um, and the Patreon account version is going to be really fun because we're going to go beyond that into recasting some of the roles that we know need to be recast. Which is something as like a dreaming geek, I do by myself in my car <laughs> all the time. I think we do that. We all do that. Even as a writer, I like whenever I'm writing something, I try and cast it as if it was going to be a movie. Yeah. But the first step for you to actually come alongside us to make sure that you know what we're up to and what we're doing is for you to subscribe. So make sure you subscribe on our blog, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and or YouTube, which is different content out there on YouTube. And be sure to leave us a comment there or connect with us on social media or send us an email at thestorygeeks at gmail.com so that we can hear your choices for this exact episode. That would be awesome. And as always, the Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. That's right. So we're just going to jump in here. We don't have a guest with us tonight. It's just us. So That's right. If you're mad at the content, you just have to blame us. There's nobody else. <laughs> I mean, that's always the way it is. It's <laughs> Don't true. blame our guests. That's true. We use Be them nice like pawns. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go through. I've got about 20 or so different characters that have been played by multiple actors. Some of these have been played by many actors. Some of them just a couple, but I still think they're worth talking about. Yeah. And some of these we've talked about before, and some of these we have never talked about. So. Yeah, it's true. So it's going to be fun. So we'll start with... One of the biggies. We'll start right up at the top with Batman. Yes. So let me just go through. Okay, so I'm, I'm only doing live action here. I should point that out. So there's no animation because hardcore Batman fans like myself would argue that the best Batman is Kevin Conroy, yeah. but he just does the voice on animation. So right. he doesn't count. We're only doing live action. And it's not really fair to compare the two. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So we're only doing live action, but we are doing television and movies. So, going from the past to the present, we have Adam, and I'm not going to go like all the way back to like the 50s serials yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So, we'll just kind of stick to the main ones. So, we have Adam West from the Batman 66 TV show. We have Michael Keaton from the 1989 Batman film and Batman Returns. Val Kilmer from Batman Forever. George Clooney from Batman and Robin, and shame on you if you picked that one. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Bale from the Dark Knight Trilogy, David Mazuse from Gotham, which is more like Bruce Wayne than Batman. He hasn't technically been Batman sure, yet. Sure. Yeah. And then Ben Affleck, of course, from the DCEU. So what's your choice? Who do you think did it best? Well, so uh, I think people have heard me say this before. My best Batman is not the best movies that Batman appears in. Yeah. So my best Batman is actually Ben Affleck. And I know that that, I, I've said that on a couple of like Facebook groups and it's caused mayhem. I've said it too. Yeah. But I think he plays it, he plays the role really well. He plays Bruce and Batman extraordinarily well on both sides of that equation. Yeah. He's dark the way he needed to be dark. Um, and I've really enjoyed his performance yeah. all the way through. And I, and I don't normally love Ben Affleck. Yeah. So. 
Well, nobody loved Ben Affleck for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until he started directing. <laughs> That's true. I think my answer might surprise you because I think you're expecting me to say the same thing, but I'm not going to. Oh. Um, so I took a look at the amount of work and like the all the movies as a whole okay. that these actors have played. Yeah. So yeah, Ben Affleck is great, but he was great in one movie, in my opinion. It's pretty much just Batman versus Superman. Right. He was not as good in Justice League. He no. was barely in Suicide Squad. I just feel like the that it's that it's kind of not fair for to rate the performance of anybody in Justice League because yeah. two directors is brutal. So. Yeah. so in the end, I decided that what Christian Bale did over the course of the whole trilogy mm. edged out Ben Affleck from one movie just a little bit. Okay. That's fair enough. But Ben Affleck is closer to the Batman that I want to see on the screen. Yeah, there's there's something you know, it's so weird because Christian Bale is awesome at like every role that he takes on. Yeah. But when I see him as Batman, he becomes a secondary character to all of the other people around him. Yeah. And that works great because the people around him are amazing. Yeah, if they had lesser actors in those movies, then he would have shined like crazy. Exactly. But if you're going to put Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Gary Oldman, I mean, come on. I think what I like... Ledger. <laughs> I know. Well, I think what I like about the Nolan trilogy is that he doesn't try to, try to force Batman down your throat as the quintessential hero. Yeah. He lets everybody play the role and just the way... So if you put Ben Affleck in that... In those films, I don't think it would work as well either because I think he, he would stand out. At, he would stand out as trying to be something bigger. Yeah, and then that would be awkward because he wouldn't be as good as the other guys. It'd I don't be a think. little too goofy. Exactly. Yeah. So I picked Ben Affleck, but I can see a rationale behind that. Yeah. Um, I do want to give at least a shout out to Adam West. I think it's worth doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't pick him as a favorite, but what he did is so iconic. And yeah. we, like, we quote all of that stuff all the time. And yeah, it's hokey and it's cheesy. Yeah. But it was Batman in the 60s. Like, it was super cool back then. So The only Batman to ever use shark repellent. I know, right? So you got to give him credit for something. <laughs> okay. Well, we've talked about Batman a lot, so. Yeah. This isn't going to help because we've talked about Superman a lot, too. But let's go on to Superman. So, okay, looking back at who's played Superman... We have George Reeves from The Adventures of Superman, which was the TV show from, I think, the 50s? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, we have Christopher Reeve, who played him in Superman 78 and all of the movies that followed that. Dean Kane from Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. We have Tom Welling from Smallville. Mm-hmm. We have Brandon Routh from Superman Returns. We have Henry Cavill from the DCEU, and we have Tyler Hoechlin, I think that's how you say his name, who played him on Supergirl. Mm. And if you want to get real nerdy about it, and I almost did, and I guess I am because I'm going to say it, Mm -hmm. there was also John Hames Newton and Gerard Christopher who both played Superboy on a (laughs) cheesy as heck Superboy TV show. That's funny. From the 90s that should not be watched. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah. So who are you going with for Superman? Uh, I'm actually changing the answer that I put down here because um, I think that Christopher... You're going to go for John Hames Newton and Gerard Christopher? <laughs> yeah, because I... I'm sorry. I, I should have put them on the list. I, yeah, they should have been on there, man. If you've Okay, so you guys, if you've never seen that, YouTube it. 
look for Superboy, like the Adventures of Superboy. I think it was called. It was from the nineties. It already it sounds is, really bad. It's so terrible. I actually own it on DVD because I kind of have to, but <laughs> it's so terrible. No, I'm gonna go. Uh, so I have kind of um, three people that are all neck and neck actually out of this list um, for different reasons. Um, my favorite look for Superman is George Reeves, but because I think he he gives, um, I, and I really like when the comics take like a more throwback look to Superman. Yeah, um, where he's not like yoked out, where you can see every sinew of muscle, but he's just kind of like a bigger guy. Yeah, I think that that's more fun actually. Um, I don't need to see Superman having, <laughs> you know, this is the all the what workout did Henry Cavill have? I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't care anymore. But I think George Reeves was like great um, looking Superman. Yeah. I think that Henry Cavill does a great job with what he's given to do mm-hmm. in terms of the darkness of Superman. What I would really have loved to seen is to see, and I'm, so I'm choosing Christopher Reeve, mm-hmm. but I would really love to see Christopher Reeve going dark the way that Henry Cavill did in Man of Steel. Yeah. That would be awesome. That's, so that's kind of my like the dream scenario. Yeah, but I'm choosing Christopher Reeve because like if if you were to say to me like out of uh, just all of the actors that could ever play Superman of all time, you don't even limit it to this list. Yeah, I would still. He's like that's the guy. That he looks just like him. He acts just like him. He he plays like the worried role, but like the, the confident role, and switches back and forth between yeah. them so easily. Yeah, I think. I, I, for me, it was a big toss-up between Christopher Reeve and Henry Cavill. And I think I'm going Henry Cavill mm. just because I think the, the more modern take yeah. on him, we've seen a little bit more depth from him than we've seen from most of the other performances. Yes. He's, he's, by, he's been asked to do the most by far. Yeah. And we've, and like, we've also seen like the battling more from Henry Cavill than anybody else like there hasn't been a whole lot of battles and it's actually looked good yeah yeah it's looked good and i think he portrays that well i think he portrays a kryptonian very well yeah maybe better than everybody else that's done this before but christopher reeve is so iconic he's so iconic i think i'm i may be edged out henry cavill because christopher reeve was a product of his time so Which, for the 78 film, was fine. That was totally cool. He was optimistic in a dark time, and it was wonderful. And they did go a little bit darker in Superman 2, which was cool. But the next two were really the terrible products of their time. Like, Superman 3, there was this trend of taking any old franchise they could and slapping a popular comedian into it. (laughs) For some reason, they thought that that was a good way to go, that that was a formula for success. Yeah. So they threw Richard Pryor into a Superman movie, and it made no sense. <laughs> and then I don't know what the hell happened with Superman Four. That was just—I mean, I'm—I mean, I like having Christopher Reeve on screen wearing a Superman costume. But yeah. What a lame movie. Well, for me, I, I like don't even really watch those old movies. I mean, I've seen them obviously, yeah. but I don't go back and watch them at all. I go back and watch Man of Steel. I think that that—I think that Man of Steel is twenty minutes away from being a masterpiece. Hmm. a Nolan-esque masterpiece. Yeah. It's got some issues with it, but... And that that just gives Henry Cavill so much more credit for what he's able to do in that film. Yeah. I also... I did think about going with Tom Welling for Mm. a little bit because Smallville, you know, it went longer than it needed to, I think. 
Um, it took too long to get to the point of being Superman. Yeah. And then when it did, it was just like the last couple seconds of the last episode. Yeah. But I think Tom Welling did a really good job playing Clark Kent. Oh, okay. Maybe not as much playing Superman, but yeah. playing Clark Kent. It was great. It's interesting with these superhero roles because there's an immediate believability. So like like even with Val Kilmer as Batman, right? There is this immediate like believability or not believability when they put on capes and spandex. Yeah. And I think if you had told me that like Val Kilmer I think did a lot better than my expectations of Val Kilmer doing were. But he's blonde. Well, I mean, see, that's the thing. That's, and a, that's, a lot of times I can get over that stuff. Yeah. And my, my answers to some of these things later on will reflect that. Yeah. But with Batman, I can't. Well. Batman can't be blonde. That proves my, <laughs> that's, well, that proves my point. Is like, I would, I would sooner him, accept Batman being black than being blonde. Yeah. I don't know why that is. I'd um, be more okay with Idris Elba playing Batman than I would with oh, Val I would Kilmer. love Idris Elba playing Batman. Yeah. I, yeah. That that's our that's Patreon that's a Patreon <laughs> discussion. But my point that that actually makes my point because if I see the character and I go, nope, that's not going to work. And that's what happens with me and Tom Welling as Superman. I'm like, nope, that's not Superman. Now, is that unfair to Tom Welling? Did you watch sure. the show though? Not really. Okay, no. because if I remember when it was being advertised and when it was coming out, yeah. And back then, I would agree he didn't look like it at all. Oh, but he. Grew but if into you it. watch the show, yeah. And watch him play the character, he totally looks like it. Really? Yeah, he fits it beautifully. I'll take your word for that one. So, yeah. And then I want to throw a little bit of love to Brandon Routh. I think he was a little bit robbed, if I'm if we're being totally yeah. honest. He yeah. he got stuck in a movie that like for some reason all of a sudden people didn't like, even though yeah. the critics liked it, and then Yeah. Yeah. And I found I told you earlier, I found a YouTube channel called Cut Short. Uh-huh. So shout out oh, to yeah. the YouTube channel Cut Short. They do videos on movies that would have been. So yeah. like the next movie in a franchise that got canceled. Yep. And I watched one on what would have been the sequel to Superman Returns. Uh-huh. And it was crazy. <laughs> it was been off awesome. the wall insane. That would have been awesome. It would have been fun to see. All right. Let's go on to one that I'm not sure we have ever talked about this character on any of our stuff. Yeah, it's because it's kind of like borderline geek. Not it's totally borderline geek, but it's definitely a huge piece of genre filmmaking that we just haven't touched yet. And it is James Bond. Mm. So, the list. We have Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig. I want to hear yours first on this one. I'm going with Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I'm going all the way back to the beginning. Sean Not my favorite movies, per se. They're yeah. a little slow and they're a little too specifically stylized. Yeah. Becoming from the 60s for me. But I think he is the most interesting in that role. You want to see the relationship between men and women be as awkward as possible? Go back and watch those <laughs> movies in, in the modern, but, yeah, in the modern but frame of Roger reference. Moore was worse than Sean Connery was. I don't know. Sean Connery was pretty bad in some places. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the character of Bond, right? He's always... From, from back in the day, yeah. He's absolutely. A, he's a creep. He's no matter what creep. you do. But. Yeah. That today, Bond is like one step away from Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, they've shifted the character over time, so that's not true anymore, but it kind of is. But they... I mean, Daniel Craig's character is still pretty much just a gigolo. 
<laughs> with a license to kill. I mean, he, he is, but it's he, not that much different. There's a, but there's more of a. Um, women are pr- treated as pretty much idiots in the '60s versions. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like they're not very intelligent. Whereas at least with it's not a whole lot better now, though. I mean, oh, but but they have some, look specifically at the Pierce Brosnan ones. Oh, that's not. Yeah, that's not great. Look at the um, what is it? The world, the world. Never, or the world never dies, or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about the world. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Tomorrow never dies. No, it's not that one. Oh, yeah, it's the, the one that came after that. Um, it doesn't matter. But it's the one that uh, Denise Richards was in, oh. and she played a nuclear physicist yeah. named Christmas Jones. <laughs> Who ran around in like super short shorts and a tight as, tank top and as stuff? Nuclear and physicists like, do. That's 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 how you that's how you respect women in the movie right there. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, that's not good. Not good. Who are you going with? I'm, so Sean Connery is my second. Uh, he he's quintessential. But this is probably the most controversial choice I have on here. Uh, Timothy Dalton. I don't think that's controversial. I think he might be my second. I love Timothy Dalton in that he role. He only made two movies, but yeah. he was he was the farthest removed from that whole suave, creepy yes. guy. You know? Exactly. Exactly. I really enjoyed him in the role. Um, and didn't he make one of the few rated R James Bond films? Isn't License to Kill rated R? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think that's true. I, I strongly disliked uh, Pierce Brosnan in the role. Yeah. Goldeneye had its charms. It did. It did. But everything went to crap after that. And he just was he just was so he oozes arrogance so much, which is part of this character. Yeah. But you want to you want an arrogance that's like confidence to coolness. He just oozes just straight up arrogance. Yeah. Like you're watching it being like I don't want to root for you, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. And you could never take him seriously because before he was James Bond, he was Remington Steele That's right. on television, That's right. which was this crappy second-rate <laughs> version of James Bond. <laughs> That's you know, true, so true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I'll tease this a little bit. I really like my choice for who I would cast as James Bond. I think, so, based on a recent conversation we had, we might have the same person. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I know what conversation you're talking about, and I don't think that's true. Oh, interesting. Patreon. So, go become a Patreon go sign supporter. Up, people. Check it out. Okay, let's go to one that has a bit of a shorter list. Let's talk about Spider-Man. This is like a no contest category. It really is, <laughs> but we'll bring it up anyway. Yeah. And it gives me a chance to mention one that we've never talked about, which is Nicholas Hammond. Hmm. In the Amazing Spider-Man TV show from the 70s, mm-hmm. which I do remember watching reruns of as a kid. Yeah. And it is really cheeseball. Yeah, oh yeah. It was cool seeing a dude run around in a Spider-Man costume. As a kid, I remember being fascinated by that. But his webs are like these like like half-inch thick white ropes. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like he's throwing something that his grandma just knitted onto his enemies. <laughs> and everything is very slow. <laughs> You know, like all yeah. of his reactions and all the cutscenes and everything are just yeah. like so sluggish. That's with Wonder Woman and all those same. It's kind of the same thing. Oh, the Wonder Woman show was way better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, oh, that's for sure. Way better. And Linda Carter was awesome as Wonder Woman, honestly. Yeah, but she wasn't as good as Gal Gadot, so we're not even going to talk about that one. No, no. Okay, so we have Nicholas Hammond, and then we have Tobey Maguire, 
from the Raimi trilogy, Andrew Garfield from the Sony films, and, of course, Tom Holland from the MCU. Yeah. We're both going to say Tom Holland. Oh, no question. I mean, it's easy. It's like Tom Holland was born to play Peter Parker. Yeah. (laughs) And he can do half the stuff that Spider-Man can do. (laughs) It's crazy. All those flips and all that crazy stuff, he can just do that. If we that's ever, who he is. If we ever do see Spider-Man on YouTube, it's obviously going to just be him. <laughs> <laughs> You're the Spider-Man from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one, but... We should have... Who, who would you say is second for you? Oh, second for me is Andrew Garfield. Okay, yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I really liked his performance in the first film. The second film yeah. is a little is a little bit off the wall. I mean, it's just a bad film kind of all around. I thought his performance in the second film was just as good, but the yeah. villains in the second film were terrible. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just didn't work as well. Yep. Okay, this one, there's only two choices. So it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're talking about Alec Guinness versus Ewan McGregor. So what would you go with? I'm actually going to change it based on what I was thinking to begin with because I had an initial thought and I'm going back on it. Um, I'm going to go Ewan McGregor. Oh, we are going to argue. Yeah. As much as we argue. Yeah, as much as we argue. Yeah. I'm Alec Guinness. Okay. So why do you say Ewan McGregor? So I put Alec Guinness at first until I realized that I feel like Alec Guinness doesn't even want that role. I don't even think he cares about that role. You know, like... He, I don't see... I don't know anything about him outside the Star Wars films. Uh, I don't know much about him. I know he's a... I know he's Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah. So he was knighted at some point. Yeah. Um, which, Ewan McGregor should be knighted. Why not? Oh, come on, England. Come sure. on, UK. Show out some love to Ewan McGregor and give him a knighthood. Technically, he's Scottish, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I think you're right. He, he is Scottish. <laughs> but that's still in the UK. They that's can, true. They can knight a Scottish guy, right? Yeah. Sean uh, Connery got knighted, didn't he? Yeah. I think so. Did he? Sure. I don't know. Why not? Let's say he did. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that... So, so Ewan McGregor, I think, brings something to the... I mean, think about it this way. Alec Guinness brought some, like, calm wisdom to that role uh-huh. throughout the original trilogy. But Ewan yeah. McGregor was in the prequels and still seemed excited about it and still brought... <laughs> <laughs> that like the calm presence, but also like uh, more badass. He brought more badass with him than than mm. Al- Alec Guinness did. The only thing that Alec Guinness did was scare off the Sand People. And yeah, get that chopped scene in half. Is, that scene's better than anything in the prequels for me. I love that scene. Well, okay, so so but so if you said to me, if you said to me, numbers use of Obi Wan Kenobi in film, I would say he's better used in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. But if you said actor playing the role, like let's just say you had to read, like let's just say they're going to do this because there's been all this rumors about this Obi Wan like film, or even maybe a trilogy, and you said who would you cast? Would you cast Alec Guinness as if it were in the nineteen what is it seventies eighties, yeah. or would you cast Ewan McGregor? I bet Ewan McGregor is going to do that. Awesome. Ewan McGregor wasn't the problem. George Lucas was the problem. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> For sure, but that's a contributor, right? I sure, mean, sure, yeah. It's still, I mean, Ewan McGregor may have done better than anybody else in those movies, <laughs> but it's still the prequels directed by George Lucas. I think Ian McDermott did a better job than Ewan McGregor. Yeah, but that's true. I do think Ewan McGregor is up there as doing a great job. It's just, it's just that it's, again, it's George Lucas directing these characters. Yeah. Well, I'll phrase it like this. 
Here's why I make this choice. Okay. When I watch Alec Guinness and get just the little bit of him that we get yeah. in A New Hope and Empire, yeah. he is so fascinating to me that I believe he has this incredible backstory and I'm satisfied not knowing what it is based on what I get from him. Uh, so the fact yeah, that when get I get backstory alone... Yeah, and yet when I watch Ewan McGregor, yeah. who's giving me three whole movies of backstory, yeah. and I'm still not as interested in him as I was mm. in Alec Guinness. That's fair. So, yeah. that's uh, what it is for me. I think it's a little bit challenging because Alec Guinness has the 70s style, and the original trilogy style is better than the prequel style. So... Ewan McGregor looks pretty sophisticated. His beard is like nicely styled because they obviously had like really good stylists. Whereas Alec Guinness <laughs> was like, just shave, dude, and come in, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Or just trim your own beard. So, uh, and I'm not suggesting that, that they didn't have makeup artists. I'm just saying like they didn't, it wasn't as polished. And so Ewan McGregor comes into a role that like, I think if they made a dark, a very dark series with Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. That would be an awesome series. Yeah. Did you see the trailer that was the Obi-Wan trailer that a fan cut together? I think so. Yeah, he took he took uh, clips from the movie where he's playing Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and like in, yeah. So he's like in the desert and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it looks really cool. Like if they took that dark perspective, I think Ewan McGregor could do a really good job. I will say I would love to see an Obi-Wan movie with Ewan McGregor playing an older Obi-Wan. Yeah. And maybe that could change my mind. I mean, yeah, it. I'm sure it very well could. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still Alec Guinness for now. <laughs> sounds good. I will say. It sounds good. Okay, let's talk about The Flash. There are more people that have played The Flash than you might think. Most people only think of two. But I thought of four. And yeah. there's probably more than that. But these are the four that most people would know of. So we have John Wesley Ship who played him on the 90s NBC series, The Flash, which is hilarious to watch because <laughs> it's very cheesy. Yeah. The effects were super cool for its time. Yeah. And I remember being unbelievably excited when that show came out. Yeah. Because... Oh, I remember the same thing. It was a yeah. comic book on TV. I was like, oh, this yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah. But it was so slave to the uh, Tim Burton school of superhero filmmaking. Yeah. Like, its theme even sounded like the Batman theme and everything. His suit was so over-muscled. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> he couldn't even move in it. It was insane. It was like he took the Flash and turned him into, like, roided-out Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have Kyle Gallner, who played a version of the Flash on Smallville. Never he was actually it. Bart Allen, not Barry Allen. Oh, okay. So he was his uh, distant grandson from the future. Okay. Um, and then we have Grant Gustin, who is currently playing The Flash on the Flash TV series, and Ezra Miller in the DCEU. So I want to hear yours first. You want to hear mine first? Yeah. I am all about Grant Gustin. Oh, really? I will say that the latest season of The Flash and last season are not as strong uh-huh. as the first couple were, but I think he's great. I love watching him play that character. I wish they would write some better stuff for him. Yeah. Um, but... He, for me, embodies what I feel like The Flash should be. Mm. Hopeful, lighthearted, confident, but also, you know, with a certain integrity and a certain gravity and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So. I have not seen a ton of that series, but I have seen episodes of that series. I think three or four episodes or something like that. Yeah. So I, I can't give like a full perspective on him. Um, I, 
to be fair to this character, I don't think we've seen the best on-screen Flash. Predominantly because the Francis Manipal run on the Flash. I don't remember who the writer was. Do you remember who the there writer was? There were different writers. Okay. Francis actually wrote some a, good, of them? a good chunk of it. Okay. Jeff Johns wrote some of it. That Flash, the way that they capture that Flash, it's Barry, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, in that one. it's Barry. Um, he started that after they brought Barry Allen back. Oh, okay, in cool. The comics. That series is phenomenal. If you haven't read that series, I'd go out and I'd go out and buy that trade for that because the art is amazing. I think that the way that they capture Barry and his relationship oh. is great. Francis Manipal is so good, so good. Um, but in if I take it out of that and say like, well, that we haven't seen that yet. Now I'm actually going to go Ezra Miller for taking a chance on. Playing the Flash, in the, <laughs> <laughs> for playing the role in a very different way than a lot of people probably expected him to play it. He took a lot of risks with it. I don't think it's the best Flash because yeah. that Flash I just mentioned from the comics would be the best Flash. But I think he did a pretty good job. Ezra Miller was hard for me. Um, it it took me out of the movie. Mm. He was too. They were trying to make him too funny. Yeah. He was borderline autistic. It felt like, and yeah. which is okay. It's I like, like those things. It's no, it's it's a it's totally cool to have a character like that. But the Flash didn't work is, for you. It's not that to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, take that character and attribute it to like, you know, like a Plastic Man, or if Cyborg was kind of that way, or mm. even like a Green Lantern or something like that. Mm. You know, mm. um, yeah, Flash doesn't really. This is this is the biggest problem I have with with Ezra Miller's portrayal. But again, I don't think this is Ezra Miller's fault. But I would say that he's written as a person who is irresponsible, trying to learn how to be responsible. Right. Whereas the Flash is inherently responsible. That is like his main one of his main things. Yeah. And usually, what happens with the Flash is he gets himself into trouble because he's trying to be responsible at work and can't be. It's kind of, I picture the flash is sort of like the Spider-Man in the, in the DC universe, right? It's like, mm. I'm trying to keep up with normal life. Although I think Spider-Man's a little bit like fly. See, by the ironically, I would be okay with Ezra Miller playing Peter Parker. That to really, me, that to me would work just fine. Interesting. Interesting. See, I and I be, think Tom Holland would make a better Flash than Ezra Miller did. I think Tom Holland would make a great Flash, but I don't yeah. think Ezra Miller would make a good Spider-Man. Yeah. But that's just my take on it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, growing up reading the comics and reading the Flash, especially growing up when I did and having my Flash be mostly Wally West, because hmm. I came into comics in the 80s right when they killed Barry Allen, hmm. and then Wally West took over. And he was my Flash until, like, the early 2000s when Uh, they finally decided to bring Barry Allen back after being dead for so many years. So Barry Allen was always very idyllic to me Mm. because he was the one that Wally West looked up to. Yeah. So Wally West, Ezra Miller may have made sense as Wally West, like a young Wally West. Okay. But... Barry Allen was always just on this pedestal. He was the superhero's superhero. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's how Man of Paul kind of writes him, too. Yeah. That's why it's great. Yeah. Go get that series. You'll be happy with The Flash. Yeah, and there's a couple <laughs> of them. There's a, 
there's the new 52 run uh-huh. that Manipal drew most of, and then there's the Rebirth run that Man- Manipal wrote a lot of and drew a little bit of. I think that's the one that I read, the Rebirth one. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's so good. Okay. We'll keep it in DC for a little while here. How about Lex Luthor? So going down the list, we have Gene Hackman from the Christopher Reeve films. We have John Shea from Lois and Clark. Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. Kevin Spacey from Superman Returns. And Jesse Eisenberg from the DCEU. I don't like any of these. I know, it was hard, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like I don't like any of them. I think if I... If you I love my choice for Lex Luthor. Patreon. Oh, yeah, I do too. I really like mine too. Um... I've you made me choose. I'm not very familiar with him because I didn't really watch this show much. But from what I saw of the previews and things like that, I thought Michael Rosenbaum was the best portrayal of him. Again, it's not. See, I don't like the series. I don't. I don't tend to like the series that say let's focus on the main characters but younger. I don't mind series that say let's focus on a side character and explore what that's like. Yeah. I don't mind that as much. Like I didn't mind the um, the you know, the way Gotham. See, I think Gotham has too much Batman. Gotham is, doesn't have any Batman. That's the problem. Well, I said, sorry, too much Bruce. It's introducing this whole world around Batman <laughs> without Batman. Without Batman. But what I mean drives is, me nuts. It's too much Bruce. Like I, I would like to see like take take uh, Jim Gordon out of Gotham altogether. And what does Jim Gordon do before he goes to Gotham? What, that would be what's cool. What's that like? Yeah. Right? I yeah. like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't like this whole like, we'll take the character and make him younger. Because I almost always think that they screw it up. Yeah. So, well, I, do you know why Smallville stands out though? No. It was the first one. Ah, uh, got it's it. Not a, it's not copying in a formula. Yeah. They did yeah, it yeah. first. They did it first. Yeah. So I, I would choose him. But again, I'm not very familiar with him. So. I am very familiar with him. Mm. And I choose him. Okay. So Gene Hackman was just over the top, right? Like, he was fun, and it kind of made sense for the 70s film, but very goofy, very super charismatic. Yep. Um, John Shea, honestly, I can't... I haven't seen a whole lot of that series, so I can't tell you what he was like, but I I assume I don't like it. (laughs) Kevin Spacey is Kevin Spacey, which has always been a problem for me, even even before he was a creep. Now he's even more problematic. Just I've never enjoyed him. And then um, we've talked a lot about our problems with Jesse Eisenberg, so we don't have to rehash that. But Michael Rosenbaum was good. He was, it was a little bit too much at certain times because they definitely, you know, the show was on the CW or back then it was the WB. So they definitely wanted to play up the teen relationship angle and stuff like that. So him and Clark being friends and their, you know, their tense friendship and stuff like that. It got a little tired after a while. Yeah. And we just wanted Lex to be Lex yeah. and not be so weird and <laughs> right, sniveling. Right, right. But, but I think it's the deepest Lex Luthor we've gotten in live action so far. I just don't understand why we haven't seen a Lex Luthor that is actually intimidating. Like there's like Yeah, like he's super intimidating in the comics. He's he is So they do a really good job in the comics. And they did a really good job in Daredevil, this TV series, of making Kingpin seem yes. very intimidating. Yeah. But we we just don't get that when we get Lex. We get like these guys who are like playing this over-the-top, like goofball-y sort of person. And it's like, this guy is a genius who, if he can't figure out how to beat you, 
uh, through like like messed up capitalism is going to figure out how to build a suit to fight Superman. I mean, like, yeah. that's the kind of guy this is. You have to believe that his intellect is a worthy adversary to Superman's strength. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Superman, of all things, he's got heart and strength. He's not the brightest bulb in the <laughs> bunch, right? But Lex, that's why Lex Luthor is such a good villain comparative yeah. to him. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we haven't seen that Lex Luthor. No. In animation, we've seen great versions of Lex Luthor. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the comics, of course. Yeah. And I think that my choice, it would be, would solve all those problems. I'm looking forward to so. hearing it. On Patreon. <laughs> okay, this is another one that I don't think we're going to have to talk about for very long. <laughs> but Oh, yeah, this is easy. But the Joker. <laughs> so we have Cesar Romero from Batman 66. Jack Nicholson from the Batman, the Tim Burton Batman film. Heath Ledger. Ding, ding, ding. And Jared Leto <laughs> from Suicide Squad. Okay, I'm going to make this a little bit more interesting. Because we okay. were both going to say Heath Ledger. No question. Hands Adore. down. Amazing. Yes. If you if there's a scale of one to ten, which I you know I love my scales of one to ten, and Heath Ledger yeah. is ten out of ten, yeah, what would you say about the other three? What would you just give them on appropriateness for the role scale? Okay, um, Jack Nicholson, I'd go eight. Okay, um, I think he is a little bit too goofy yes. and not intimidating enough. Yes, but still a very great performance. Cesar Romero, I would probably, I'd go five, maybe. Okay. I think he, for what that show was, he was perfect. Yes. But he was very one note, as everything was on that show. (laughs) Right, right. But certainly over the top, like not a lot of depth to him. And because of the nature of that show, like you're just never scared of him. You're not scared of anybody on that show because it's just goofy. Right. And then Jared Leto... Um, <laughs> I shouldn't just sit and think because silence is awesome for podcasts. <laughs> uh, I'll go with a seven for Jared Leto. Okay. I think he has the opposite problem of Nicholson. I think he's all intimidation and darkness yeah. and not funny. Yeah. Um, which is okay. I'm okay with that take. Yeah. Um, but it was just... I think maybe it felt like he was trying too hard. Mm. Like he wanted to come out of it. I mean, when he went into it, when he was asked to play the role, he was appropriately intimidated by it. He respects Heath Ledger as much as the rest of us did. Yeah. He was afraid of tackling that. So I'm not saying he was cocky about it, but I feel like he tried too hard to come out on the other end, making us think that he was as brilliant as Heath Ledger was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, mine would be Heath Ledger 10 out of 10, obviously. I would probably go... See, I don't think that anybody is in my book is even as close as you've given them credit for. Yeah. So, I think I might give... I might give Caesar and Jack a 5 and Ledger... Or, sorry, Leto a 4. Okay. So, it's, there's, sep- there's a lot of separation there. Now, Caesar and... Jack, I'm giving them more credit than I'm giving Leto because their characterizations of the Joker were on par with what those movies asked them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking a little bit of a point off for Leto because that movie was trying to do the same 
style that the Dark Knight was is dark. It was dark and creepy, and this is the this is how the, we're going to have the Joker. I don't think he would be bad. I don't think he would be bad in his own film in a different kind of reimagined take altogether. Yeah. Um, but it's too close. Which then takes a point off because it's so close, yeah. But it's different, and so you're yeah. like, ah, it's hard. So I think that's how good I think. That's why I say that this is personally. I'll say it again. I've said it before. My favorite performance of an actor of all time, yeah. in history, yeah. So it's incredible. Yeah. Another problem I think that Leto has is, I feel like you can see his influences real mm. easily. Yeah. Like, you go read The Killing Joke, you look at the Arkham video games. Yes. Like, you can see exactly the Joker that he's trying to play. Yeah. Whereas Heath Ledger, honestly, there's one comic that feels a tiny bit like what Heath Ledger did. Yeah. And it was a one-shot. It wasn't a series. It was Crazy. a one-shot comic. Yeah. Um, but beyond that... He pulled that out of the thin blue frickin' air. Man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he made that character. Well, I mean, let's put it this way, too. Like, like I think Leto... Leto's, it's not fair to Leto, because the movie he was in is not a Joker film. Right. So there's some things that don't really align that well. Like, why does he have a damage tattoo? Like, what's that about? Yeah. Um, and not only is he telling you he has a damage tattoo, but he, like, takes the time... To put a whole bunch of knives in this like nice little semicircle so that he can lay down in the middle of them. Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense unless he has this like sort of occult type background where he's doing these kind of strange rituals for some yeah. reason. But we don't get any reasons why. So it just seems like he's trying to over psycho over psycho it, right? Like, yeah. And so it just doesn't fit right now. If he had his own film. Maybe it would be better. I don't know. See, I don't want that, though. I don't either. I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> the Joker is one of those villains that I do not want separated from their hero. Well, I, I, let me put it this way. If it was a Batman versus Joker film, not just a Joker film. Sure, okay. But yeah. anything to give him more backstory that we, we could go, oh, okay, I see why they're doing that. That yeah. makes more sense. Because so. there are some villains that I would love to watch in their own story separate from their from their arch enemy. Yeah. Like a Darth Vader. Yeah. Not not little Annie from the prequels, <laughs> but an actual Darth Vader film. Yes. Or a Kylo Ren film. I'd even watch a Lex Luthor film if it was well cast and well written. Sure. Um, they're talking about giving Deathstroke his own film. That would really? be sweet. Hmm. So there's lots of them that do that. But for me the Joker is so tied to Batman that I just don't care if Batman's not involved, which was part of my problem with Suicide Squad. Well, you'd have to have the problem with that is like, right, like there's chaos and order, and what would be the opposite of chaos that's not Batman's order? Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. And so if it's just a movie about this dude who's psychotic and yeah. it just wants to show you how badly life sucks, <laughs> well, Jared Leto's already done that. It's called Requiem for a Dream. You can go back and watch it anytime you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Let's flip over to Marvel and talk about the Hulk slash Bruce Banner. I felt like I have to put two of them there, both of them, because one of our choices, there's actually two actors and not just one. So we have Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno from the 80s TV series before we had the technology for a CG Hulk. Mm. So they just had to hire the biggest dude they could find. 
to play the whole. <laughs> um, although, if you want to get super technical and super geeky about it, Bill Bixby did not play Bruce Banner. He played David Banner. Really? Don't know why they changed the name, but they did. There's a rapper named David Banner. That must have been it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Eric Bana from Ang Lee's Hulk movie. We have Edward Norton from The Incredible Hulk, and then Mark Ruffalo from the rest of the MCU. So who do you go with? I go Ed Norton. No, yeah. I mean Me he's got the biggest range of all the actors on there. I like Eric Bana not as the Hulk. I like him as an actor. Um, I like Mark Ruffalo. Lou Frigno and um, Bill Bixby are just way too cheesy. It's like yeah. any of those old seventies from the seventies through the nineties. You pick any of those TV series, and there's just it's so cheesy. It's hard to get past that. It is. It's true. Well, okay, I do want to say one thing about Ed Norton, though, because yeah. no, I agree. No, yeah. He's the best. And I actually just read an article a couple days ago that yeah. talked about why he didn't continue oh. in the MCU. Okay. And we all, we've all we all heard that he's difficult to work with, and yeah, he's yeah, kind yeah. of a jerk, and he refused to do publicity and all this kind of uh, stuff. So that's not surprising yeah. at all. And the article in that regard is not surprising. Right. All it does is give you more details. Yeah. But what was surprising to me is that the director of the film, Louis Leterrier, uh-huh. He wanted Mark Ruffalo. That really? was his first choice. Interesting. And Marvel told him to cast Edward Norton because he was a more bankable star. Wow. Because keep in mind, we'd, we'd only had one Iron Man film at this point. Yeah. So Downey had not quite ballooned into the superhero that he right. would become. Right. And Marvel didn't quite have the cred for like, well, we can take anybody we want. We can take yeah. a comedian and turn him yeah. into a superhero. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So, I, I think you're right. I think he's a better Bruce Banner yeah. than Ruffalo is. I would have loved to see him continue, but... Well, the core, the core character of the Hulk is conflicted. Yes. And... And Ruffalo is just kind of, like, okay with everything. Yes. He's like, yes. He doesn't... You, you, you get the idea that he's, like... Especially in Infinity War. So, in there's this there's this kind of, like, this... This is a little bit of a spoiler. It's a minor spoiler for Infinity War, so fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this. <laughs> but he he plays this kind of like wanting the Hulk to come out. And I think that Edward Norton would have handled that way better than, yeah. than Ruffalo handled it. It just yeah. it just seems like there's he's doing it with no consequence. And it just I didn't even like the fact that we that there was a separate personality. Yeah. That just seems weird. Yeah. It's better if Bruce is wrestling with that the way that Ed Norton would have wrestled with it. Yeah. As that's me, not somebody else. That's me. Yeah. Edward Norton would have driven home the tragicness. Exactly. Much better. And ironically, I think the movie that drives the tragic nature of Bruce Banner home the best yeah. is probably the worst movie <laughs> that he was in, which is Age of Ultron. Yes. True. So That's true. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Let's go to the Terminator universe and talk about John Connor. John Connor. So we have Edward Furlong from Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Nick Stahl from Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Thomas Decker from the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Christian Bale from Terminator Salvation. And Jason Clark from Terminator Genesis. So to be fair, I do not believe that I have seen the Thomas Decker performance or the Jason Clark performance. But it doesn't matter because I love the Christian Bale performance. I think it's amazing. Me too. And 
It's I like one of my favorite sci-fi films. I love that movie. <laughs> Dude, I love that movie too. It's I don't, so good. I don't understand why people complain about that movie. I don't Everything either. about that movie is cool. I don't either. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Thomas Decker was good. The Sarah Chronicle. Con- I can't say the word, but Sarah that was Chron- a good show. That is a tongue twister. I really like my uh, my casting one for that too. So I like mine too. It might surprise you. It's gonna really surprise you. You might be mad at me. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Now I think I know who it might be. I hope I don't. No, you don't know who it is. Okay, it's good. off the wall. It's not Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, I'm just making sure. No, no. Okay, let's go back to the MCU. I'm kind of bouncing all over the place here. Yeah, I like it. Uh, let's talk about War Machine. Because similar problem, right? We started off with Terrence Howard and then problems with Marvel. And they recast him with Don mm-hmm. Cheadle. Although in this case, I think Ed Norton was the jerk. In the equation before. Yeah. In this case, I think Terrence Howard got railroaded. Oh, really? Yeah. I think Marvel just disrespected him. Uh, so. Got it. But who would you, who do you like better? <sighs> it's a tie for me, man. I don't. Really? I, yeah. I don't really. Um, I don't really care. They're both good. They're both, they're both good enough. I don't think that, that the actors are asked to do much. Mm-hmm. I think that Don Cheadle is actually asked to do less than Terrence Howard was. Because Terrence Howard felt like there was actual gravity to Tony Stark just messing around. Yeah. Whereas Don Cheadle just feels like the guy that's always kind of like, come on, Tony, come on. You know, like, <laughs> that, that's like, that's his yeah. whole thing. But I think they both play with, they, they both do what they're asked to do very well. Yeah. Uh, I go Terrence Howard. Hmm. I think it would have been super interesting to see him carry that character all the way through to Infinity War. There was more gravity with him, for sure. The relationship between the two of them was a little more fun. Yeah. It was a little more interesting. True. So, But That's I like true. Don Cheadle, too. I just think we're kind of missing out on something by not seeing Terrence Howard get to live it out. Yeah, I think you're probably right. How about Catwoman? So... On Batman 66 alone, there were three different actresses that played Catwoman. <laughs> there was Lee Merriweather, Julie Newmar, and Eartha Kitt. And then we had Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Technically, Halle Berry played Catwoman in a movie called Catwoman, but it <laughs> barely counts. And then we have Anne Hathaway from The Dark Knight Rises. So who are you going with? I am going with... This is a hard one. Because they all... Really? Most of them Not did a pretty me. good job. Did you? Oh, most. You said most. Most okay. of them. Okay, so so I'm assuming Halle Berry's not on, not within that most. <laughs> no, I don't even. I don't even barely remember that movie. Um, I will say that from what from what little I saw on the Gotham TV series, I strongly disliked what they did with Catwoman. Oh I'm, yeah. Sorry, I left her off. Uh, Cameron Bikendova plays her on the Gotham TV series. Yeah. I, I did not like what they what they did with that character. I felt like it was totally... Not, it was not the actress at all. It had yeah. nothing to do with her. It was the fact that they would bring her in in that way. Uh, and just I just don't like that. Yeah. Um, I think my choice is Michelle Pfeiffer. Hmm. Um, my backup choice is... Uh, Julie Newmar, just because I think that that's a really fun role that she that she plays kind of what that she plays really interestingly, and but I I cannot complain about Anne Hathaway either. But my choice is Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm going Anne Hathaway mm. because to me the Catwoman is a lame character in general. Mm. 
it's like they said, well, we have a we have a superhero based on a bat. So let's think of a creature that we can base a villain on. <laughs> and yeah. they started there. Yeah. And that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And she's just always like, like, you know, like saying things are like perfect, you know, or like saying yeah. meow or like yeah, yeah, yeah. over-sexualized and over-cat-ized, you yeah. know, and just lame. Yeah. To me, Anne Hathaway's role played up what I like about Catwoman. Mm. And they never called her Catwoman, to be fair. They only called her Selena Kyle. But they played up the burglar side of it. Yep. They played up the super resourceful, street-level person just trying to survive. Yes. You know? Yes. And her performance in that movie is, I think, probably the best performance in that movie. Maybe Joseph Gordon-Levitt is up there, too, but she's incredible. In Tom Hardy's pretty awesome in that one, too. Um, yeah. Here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that what's getting in the way of... I think Anne Hathaway is a great actress. I think that she does... That, that role is written really well. Yeah. So that's good. What's, what's bringing her down in my mind, though, is that I can't get over her being the girl next door. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, she's Princess Diaries... Anne Hathaway to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so so for if you put Michelle Pfeiffer in the role that Christopher Nolan wrote, to me that's like the ideal. Yeah. So you want to get over that? Watch a movie called Damn it. <laughs> Where is <laughs> Colossal? That's it. Really? Yeah, it came out in 2016. And it is this weird movie. Where she basically finds out that her actions are being mimicked by a giant monster in another country. Whoa. It's very, very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's And it's kind of like darkly comedic too. Like Jason Sudeikis is in it. Really? And <laughs> That's weird. It's very weird, but it's super interesting. Huh. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Movie recommendation of the week. Yeah. Colossal. Check it out. I will never forget the name of it again. Okay, sticking to the Batman universe, let's talk about Alfred, one of my favorite characters in the Batman universe. Yeah. So, uh, Batman 66, he was played by Alan Napier. Uh, Michael Goh played him in all of the uh, Burton and Schumacher Batman films. Obviously, Michael Caine from the Dark Knight trilogy, Michael Caine. (laughs) Sean Pertwee plays him on Gotham, and then Jeremy Irons in the DCEU. Michael Caine. It's got to be, right? Oh, it's hands down. I, I mean, I mean say, it's aside from the Joker, he's the best character in those movies. I can, I, the next one on the list, I can give it to them, Go- him too. Yeah, Gordon. I mean, there's Gordon, yeah. But, but, uh, but Michael Caine brings a gravity to that role that no other, no one else, no one else has, has ever done. Yeah. Never. Yeah. It's never happened. So... I will say one thing about Sean Pertwee on Gotham. So the only thing, because I, I do not like Gotham. It doesn't sit well with me. It's over-stylized. Okay. I just don't enjoy it, which is surprising because I should love it because it's related to Batman. Yeah. But Sean Pertwee as Alfred is the one thing on that show that I do like. Hmm. So there's this one comic. Uh, it's Well, there's two, but it's uh, Batman Earth 1. Okay. So it's the series that DC does where they'll release a graphic novel. And it's just a different take on lots of their characters. So there's okay. a Superman one and a Teen Titans one, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman. But the one um, for Batman 
The Alfred in that uh-huh. is a military vet. Oh. And he's very tough and he's very able and grizzled. Yeah. Only a little bit older than Bruce. He's not like a whole he's not like a father figure to Bruce. Yeah. He's like maybe a, a young uncle or something oh, okay. like that. Okay. And he taught Bruce everything he knows. He taught him how to fight and everything. Oh, that's cool. So he's just such this badass character. And Sean Pertwee kind of reminds me of that version of Alfred on Gotham, and I like that. That's cool. By the way, uh, just to mention Jeremy Irons, I think my uh, tattoo artist, uh, Sean Hall, says it best when he goes, Jeremy Irons is Alfred, nothing but dad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's super true. It is true. That's funny. Okay, one more in the Batman world, and then we'll, we'll skip over to something else. How about Commissioner Gordon? I feel like this is going to be an easy one for us again, but we'll go through it. Neil Hamilton from Batman 66. Pat Hingle did probably the thinnest and shallowest version of Commissioner Gordon we've ever seen <laughs> on the Burton and Schumacher films. Gary Oldman from the Dark Knight trilogy. Ben McKenzie from Gotham. And J.K. Simmons from the DCEU. Gary Oldman is yeah. phenomenal. J.K. Simmons, I think if he was given more to do with the role and he wasn't in the film that he's in... He could be really great. Could be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see. Maybe we'll get to see more of that. I don't know. Did you see the jokes where it's like Jim Gordon and it's like Jim G-Y-N and it's like how buff (laughs) J.K. Simmons was? Yeah. (laughs) So weird. But that wasn't even for Justice League. That was for something else. It was just coincidental. Yeah, exactly. So... Okay, let's get away from Batman, and let's go to something that we don't talk about very often again, Star Trek. Yeah, we don't talk about Star Trek enough, maybe. So here we're sort of doing cast versus cast. We're not doing one specific character. So we can go through each one real quick, but we have the original Star Trek crew, which is William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, James Doohan, Nichelle Nichols, Walter Koenig, and George Takei. Mm -hmm. And then we have the new Star Trek crew, which is Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Carl Urban, Simon Pegg, Zoe Saldana, Anton Yeltsin, and John Cho. Mm. So let's just go quickly, like character for character. So we'll okay. start with Kirk. Who do you like as Kirk better? Oh, you want to go through each character? Just quickly. Oh, um, well, okay, overall, which, one's your, which one do you prefer overall? Uh, oh, I, I, I have to go original. Really? Yeah, I yeah. I prefer the new one. Really? Yeah. Um, well, okay, so, so let me let me be clear. I like. But we the, should go character by character because there's we differences. Can. Yeah, yeah, we can. But before we do that, let me just say this: I like the new movies. I'm not a Trekkie, so yeah. I'm going to get I'm all kinds really of hatred for saying this. Yeah, I like the new movies way better than I like any of the old series or any of that stuff. So do I. I don't understand why people love that as much. I get that people love it, and that's cool, and I'm glad that you love it. I just don't love it. So, but. When you talk about characterizations, everybody in the in the in the new films is trying to be the people in the old films. So, so some, the yeah. originality of cast and the way that they interact off each other is just amazing. Now, if we're gonna go, so we can go one by one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might actually choose Chris Pine over William Shatner. I do, but that's the closest one probably as we go through this. Okay. So yeah, I I go Pine. You're right. He is. He's at least in the first movie. He was trying to be a little bit more Shatner. I feel like he's grown into his own thing now. I don't yeah. feel like he's trying to be Shatner anymore. I don't, yeah, I think he's doing better now. So yeah, he's kind of pulled off of that. And I feel like for me, I'm go- the, my favorites are the ones where they've made their own 
So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go through it. So what about Spock? Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's got to be Leonard yeah. Nimoy. How about Bones? Dr. McCoy. See, Carl Urban is doing an impersonation. He is. Of DeForest he's, Kelly. I would yeah. just go with DeForest Kelly. Like, just take the original. But he's trying to be cool. Sure, sure. Carl Urban is trying to be cool. Sure. DeForest Kelly never tried to be cool. <laughs> True. He was always just the pissed off old man who was like, what the <laughs> hell are you thinking? You know? And yeah. Damn it, Jim. He was great. Uh, James Dewan versus Simon Pegg for Scotty. I love Simon Pegg's take on Scotty, but I'm probably still going to go original just because that cast of characters is crazy. I go original because I actually don't particularly like Simon Pegg's take on Scotty. Oh, you don't? It's okay. I think it's... Uh, a little over the top and kind of takes me out of the film. Hmm. It doesn't seem like the best Scottish accent I've ever heard. Hmm. So I like him and other stuff way more. Uh, Uhura, Nichelle Nichols versus Zoe Saldana. I'm going to say something really controversial. I don't think that Zoe Saldana is that great of an actress. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, every That's time like, I, whenever I, controversial. whenever I watch her, I'm kind of just like, uh, it seems like you're acting. Every time I watch her and everything I see her in, it's like, seems like you're acting upset and you're not really upset. I, I just don't. So I'm going to go original. I go with Zoe on this one. Okay. Um, how about Chekhov? Walter Koenig versus Anton Yeltsin. Yelchin? Yeltsin? Well, this probably says something that I don't even remember Chekhov, the original Chekhov. So yeah. Anton Yelchin, I'd go with him. I would too. R.I.P. Uh, yes, sadly. And then George Takei versus John Cho. I'm going to call it a wash because those both those guys play the heck out of that role. Wash, who ironically is a way better character and also a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> True. But those guys both play that role really well. I think I, think I prefer John Cho's performance, but I feel like George Takei is like the guy. So yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to break those two down. Yeah, I had a hard time. In the end, I went with John Cho because I feel like we got more badass moments out of him yeah. than we did from George Takei. Yeah, I think that's true. But it was tough. So, okay, let's go with another cast of characters here and talk about the X-Men. Because we have the original cast from Brian Singer's films, and then we have like the first class type cast, right? Yep. So we have Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, James Marsden, Fomka Jansen, Halle Berry, Rebecca Romaine. Kelsey Grammer and Alan Cumming versus James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Ty Sheridan, Sophie Turner, Alexander Ship, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, and Cody Smith McPhee. Yeah. So overall, what do you prefer? Um oh man, this one's really this one's really tough because there's really just two characters that have a slight edge. Two older characters that have a slight edge over the newer characters. So I'm You're gonna go Patrick newer. Stewart and Ian McKellen. Yeah. yeah. But 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 I would say that like Patrick Stewart has quite a bit of an edge over McAvoy. And that's not to say that McAvoy doesn't do a good job. Yeah. It's just that Patrick Stewart is iconic in the role. And he's perfect. He's literally perfect. Yeah. Um Fastbender is much closer to McKellen's role in my mind yeah they're, they're neck and neck but i still edge out to mckellen mostly just because his age i would like to see an older fastbender go back and play the role i think yeah. it'd be amazing um but all of the other roles every single one of the other roles i goes to the new crew 
Yeah, I think overall I'd have to go with the new ones too, just because I think they've made better movies. Yeah. Unless you, as long as you exclude Apocalypse, they've made better movies. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but Patrick Stewart, I mean, nobody's better than Patrick Stewart in the no. X Men universe. And he, and he kind of like, if you if you were kind of on the fence, Logan just like sealed the deal. Yeah, for sure. I would say that I like Famke Janssen better than Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. I would probably go with that too. And I thought Alan Cummings' performance as Nightcrawler was really interesting. It was. And Cody Smith McPhee seems to be just doing an impression of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That's, so. that's fair. That's fair. But in, for the rest of it, I think I really like the new people better. I like Fassbender better than McKellen. I hated James Marsden as Cyclops. Yeah. So yeah, anybody yeah. could beat him. Ty Sheridan's <laughs> all over that. And I like Alexandra Ship as Storm because she's darker. Yes. So I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. So and then obviously we don't need to talk about Wolverine because he's Hugh Jackman all the way, baby. Yeah, that's crazy. No huh? need to recast. He's a thousand years old. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we have just a few more here. We're starting to wrap up. Let's talk about Lois Lane. Mm. So from The Adventures of Superman, we have Noelle Neal. We have Margot Kidder from Superman 78. Terry Hatcher from Lois and Clark, who seems to be getting the shaft because when I Googled actresses who played Lois Lane, yeah. you know, it shows you a whole bunch of pictures at yeah. the top. Yeah. She was not in there. <laughs> I'm like, she had a TV series yeah. called Lois and Clark. That's so funny. Uh, we have Erica Durance from Smallville, Kate Bosworth from Superman Returns, and Amy Adams from the DCEU. Um, I don't like any of them, really. <laughs> I if I'm being honest, say that. yeah, I don't really like any of them. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a coin flip and say it's between two that you're gonna say that I'm crazy to say, but I'd say it's a coin flip between. Let me guess. Yeah, you're gonna say Margot Kidder no. and Noel Neal. No, 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 I'm not. Okay. I'm going to say Kate Bosworth and Terry Asher. Wow. <laughs> um, and I'm more likely to choose Bosworth, but I just think that like, I feel like Margot probably got as close to what my expectation of Lois Lane is. However, you've pointed out that she's not real likable though in the role. Yeah. And I go, actually, that's true. So that means that she's got like the kind of headstrong piece nailed but she doesn't have the likability terry hatcher has all the likability but i don't buy terry hatcher might be the smartest person on the face of the earth i don't know i don't buy her as intelligent yeah as an actress yeah so um what i would say is there's not a person on here that i feel like has the wherewithal to pull all of that together in a way that i would appreciate yeah that's the problem for me too if i had to choose i'm choosing i'm choosing amy adams because i think she gave the deepest performance Hmm. but it's not all there for me she's a little bit too vulnerable a little bit too frail sure um i think if i had to put two of these together to make and like to take qualities from each of them and make an ideal lois lane yeah it would be amy adams and erica durance from smallville Uh, okay because she had the attitude of lois lane perfectly Uh. she looked the part she had the super confident like nothing's getting in my way attitude that I feel like Lois Lane should have. Yes. But she was also just by nature of the fact that it was a WB TV show, she was kind of shallow and, yeah. And just a little bit too cool. Yeah. 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 You know, too young for another thing. Sure. So I feel like if you took, 
So you know um, the actress that plays Karen on Daredevil? Yeah. If you took her but made her a lot tougher than mm-hmm. she is, because she seems like kind of a worried person, yeah. then you'd have like a, a much better Lois yeah. Lane. That'd be good. Because she's headstrong. She's just not... She doesn't seem confident enough the way that Lois Lane seems. Yeah. I will say for Amy Adams, in Man of Steel and in the first 10, 15 minutes of Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. she's almost there for me. Oh, She's really? almost my ideal Lois Lane. But things start to go south after that. See, I could see, I could even see Diane Lane, a younger Diane Lane, playing a fantastic Lois Lane. Yeah. So maybe I think my choice is actually quite. Oh no, that's a different character. <laughs> We're not making a choice for that one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, apparently, my choice for another character would be a great Lois Lane. Would also be a good oh, okay. Lois Lane. Okay. So. I like that. Okay, how about the Riddler? We've only gotten a few. We had Frank Gorshin from Batman 66, Jim Carrey from Batman Forever, and Corey Michael Smith in Gotham. So I'm not familiar with the Gotham character. I am familiar with Frank Gorshin and Jim Carrey. And this is the one where I'd probably be like, I'm just not choosing. <laughs> I, this is, I mean, it's like there's, there's the two performances I have to choose from are so ridiculous. They are. That I just don't know even I can make yeah. a choice there. Even though I'm not a Gotham fan, I go Corey Michael Smith because yeah. I do think he's actually the most. I mean, aside from Alfred, he's yeah. the most interesting character on that show. I've only seen him in a few episodes, and he seems very interesting. And if you made me choose somebody, I might choose him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and kind of the reason I put this one in here is I feel like that's a problem with this character. Like we just haven't seen a good version of the Riddler. No, I, and in no the comics, one, he's cool. If no one came back and did a Riddler movie, that would be epic. He, this is the guy that did Memento, um, and did Inception and he could bring all of that thinking to a Riddler character. And Guy Pierce was one of the people that people were saying should play the Riddler oh, in a Chris Nolan film. That would be so cool. Chris Nolan, but they please also come said back. Johnny Depp. So Johnny Depp's a terrible choice. That, that's that's yeah. like the ridiculous choices we have here. Yeah. So this one's more catered to our Patreon discussion, where we can cast the good Riddler. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Which I have a crazy one that's for totally ridiculous. I have one that I think is perfect. Okay. We'll see. Um, one more in the Batman universe, and this is a small one, but I, I thought this would be fun to talk about Rachel Dawes, Hmm. who we know was a character created for the Chris Nolan films. Mm -hmm. She's not in the comics, only played by two actors, Katie Holmes and Maggie Gyllenhaal. And we know that Katie Holmes didn't do it because of her psycho Mrs. Tom Cruise (laughs) stint. (laughs) So who do you prefer? I this is not even close. Katie Holmes, hands down. Period. For me, it is close, but I still choose Katie Holmes. Yeah, I I. She was one of the better characters in Batman Begins. I thought. Oh, I thought she did a great job. I mean, obviously, you've got Alfred and Gordon at the yeah. top, but when yeah. you start to look at everybody else, yeah, yeah. I think that Maggie Gyllenhaal was straight up unlikable. And as she usually seems to be. I mean. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Katie Holmes was great, though. She was sweet but tough, very headstrong. Um, played it kind of like Lois Lane might play it, actually. Um, don't think yeah. she'd be perfect for Lois Lane, but like, 
She did a really good job. She did. I agree. Okay. This is our last one. Mm. Before we dive into Patreon. So, Aunt May. So, we have Rosemary Harris from the Raimi trilogy. We have Sally Field from the Sony films. And then Marissa Tomei in the MCU. This one surprised me. I want to hear your answer first. I was this close uh-huh. to choosing Rosemary Harris. Okay. I, I For those ended of you up, listening, he's, he's saying really close. Really, really close. Yeah, yeah, my arms are not spread out wide right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I ended up going with Marissa Tomei just because I feel like she's a more interesting character. But Rosemary Harris is the classic comic yeah. embodiment of Aunt May. Yeah. Like, she really looks like Aunt May. If you had told me two years ago, who would you be choosing? I would never have thought Marissa Tomei. Yeah. But that's who I'm choosing. Yeah. It's, it's a good take. It's a take that makes sense with Tom Holland's character. It's a, it's a really, it, there's a lot of comedy with, with the whole Tony Stark yeah. kind of aspect of it. So and her and Robert Downey Jr. having history together. Yeah, yeah, that just really worked. That was she did a great job, and I was not. I wouldn't say I'm shocked, but I was surprised, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think for me, as I was trying to pick between her and Rosemary Harris, there might be one scene in the MCU that really put me over the top, hmm. and it's in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, when she and Peter are at the Thai restaurant. And having dinner together. Like, uh, I think there's such good character development in that one tiny little scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's cool. Yeah. That's it, man. That's my list. Yeah, so, you, so those of you listening, you got to let us know what we got wrong, what we should have said. <laughs> you got to come in and say, write us an email at storygeeks.com, comment on the blog, go wherever you need to go to tell us who your choices would be for those characters. That would be super cool. Um, and you don't want to miss Patreon because we are going to actually try and cast some of these roles. Not all of them, just the ones that need to be cast. Yeah, about half. Yeah. About half of them we're going to try and cast. And we have some, I know that Daryl um, really thinks a lot about this. I don't think as deeply about it, but I do love some of my choices yeah. that I think would be really fun. So check us out there as well. As always, um, check us out on the blog, storygeeks.com or .org. Either, either link will get you there. Lots of really cool stuff on there, including Ashley Paul's blogs. Yeah. A lot of you, if you don't listen to the podcast, you just read the blogs. But what I would encourage you to do is read Ashley's blogs, because I know there's more people that read the blogs than they actually listen to the podcast. But read Ashley's blogs, blogs and listen to the podcast to get yeah. a full picture of all the people that we actually might choose, which is really cool. Yeah, and she's a great writer and does not always agree with us. So you get another perspective, too. Most definitely, rarely. I would say rarely agrees with us. You, you should see, we, I just posted today, which by the time this comes out, it'll be a couple weeks back. But I just posted today her response to the last, the Battle Royale about The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And she has a very different take on that film yeah. than I have on that film. So, Yes. Share this stuff with your friends. Tell people about the podcast. Tell them about the blog. Help us spread the word so we can talk to more people and get more opinions. As always, question everything in your favorite geek stories. And always seek the truth.